Welcome to In Conversation. I'm your host, Brett Rogers. All right, so we need to get a disclaimer out the way because we're talking about finances and money. So here we go. The podcast we're about to publish references an opinion and is for information purposes only. It is not intended to be investment advice. For investment advice, seek a licensed professional. Seriously, a licensed professional. Get advice before investing any money. Do not invest after listening to this podcast. So, cryptocurrency is changing the world. It's changing the way we think about money and value, how governments think about tax, and how vendors think about payments on a global scale. It's opened up the world of investing and trading to the everyday person. Anyone who's never had the opportunity to invest or trade now can. So with as little as 10 Rand, an ID book, a smartphone, and a desire to learn, anyone can trade in cryptocurrency. A word to the wise though, cryptocurrency is fickle and volatile, and regardless of the investor's skills and education, is somewhat of a gamble. So to help with that, today we spoke with James Preston, who's the head of Global Crypto TV. James is thoughtful and generous with his knowledge, and he makes understanding crypto that much easier. The company that he works for, Global Crypto TV, has really powerful goals, and they aim to become the leading provider of credible news and information in the crypto asset industry. And part of that is offering a community, a community that provides insights on a daily basis through their Telegram channels, which I'll talk through a bit later at the end of the episode. James is a progressionist, and he believes that cryptocurrency is another step in the evolution that will take us to a more positive future. Let's hope he's right. Chatting to, uh, today with James Preston, um, who is the head of Global Crypto TV. Is that correct, James? Like, how are you then? Yeah, that's that's correct. Uh, so, um, yeah, but this, you know, at the end of the day, titles are um, <laughs> really just what we put out to the world, aren't they? Um, and we're a very small team. We're literally, officially, we're actually, we're five people, which is mm-hmm. myself and Mark Forrest. Mark Forrest is one of the co-founders. I've got an editor who helps me edit material and puts out stuff on social, Kath Jenkin. A lot of people would know Kath Jenkin well. Um, then we have a reporter, which I'm really stoked. We, we hired him last year and we've got a nice little deal going with him. Um, he's a law student. His name's Andrew Drake and he's doing great. Uh, and then we have a little freelancer out in India, Rajasthan, India, who helps us just put together some press releases when we get, when we, we get a whole bunch of press releases from, from blockchain and crypto and tech companies around the world all the time. And, uh, they, and so she just publishes them for us, just takes a bit of a load off us. Yeah. So we're a very small team. And, um, and then obviously, uh, you would have, you would have got in touch with us via the MD of Have You Heard Durban, uh, Kirsty Bissett, uh, and she she's the CEO of SwiftX, um, and SwiftX actually owns the asset that is Global Crypto. So, in many ways, Global Crypto is kind of like the in of Have You Heard. Um, okay. what, what in is to have you heard global crypto is to swift X in, okay. in, in many ways, actually. So okay. it's kind of a cool little symbiotic, um, relationship. Yeah. So, so you, you guys, um, educate and create content based on crypto news. Is that essentially the, the role of global crypto TV? That's it. Yeah. So wow. the official, uh, mission statement is to provide, to be the leading provider of uh, credible news and information in the crypto asset industry. Well, that's uh, one of the, I mean, that's perhaps one of the bigger questions that I actually have for you is, you know, is, uh, 
you know, we can get into the nitty gritty of things, but, but just before we do, like is what's so difficult about it is, is it's accessibility makes the accessibility to bad information just as common. Um, so it's so difficult to trust resources that are out there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's the thing about the internet. You, when you distribute information, you all of a sudden open yourself up to a lot more scamsters, you know, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we're all motivated. We're all motivated by money, right? And some people just realize the, the easiest route to money uh, is the way that they want to go. And therefore that is to scam people. Um, So before cryptocurrency came along, people were scamming people on the internet with all kinds of scams, you know, um, uh, you name it, like Mm. basic, uh, basic sort of um, uh, clickbait scams and and, uh, the president of America is doing this. So click this now and you'll get this. $10,000. So before, before, exactly. There's Mm. all that, you know, and then there's the the emails. Brett, are you there? Can you hear me? I'm there, buddy. I'm there. Um, yeah, we disappeared for a second, right? I lost you somewhere along the lines of uh, uh, the president of America was going to give you a lot of money, apparently. <laughs> okay, okay. So, yeah, you know, like um, you, you get these emails where uh, people say, I've got $10 million that I want to leave to you. And uh, people click them and, and they get scammed. And there's, so there's so many internet scams and then cryptocurrency comes along and it just makes it even easier to scam people because now you have legitimate decentralized cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Ethereum and people don't know the difference between what's real and what's fake. And, uh, and unfortunately there are just so many bad actors out there. So yeah, you know, like a big thing for us is to try and help people. We've got these communities. We've got four different WhatsApp groups, one huge Telegram group, um, and we just love to help people avoid scams because there are so many out there. Wow. So, so are those WhatsApp groups and Telegram groups, are, are they like, um, uh, I don't know, security watch? Are they like, are they scam watches? Or is it, uh, do you guys give out like a little bit of information every day, that kind of thing, as some sort of uh, information portal? Yeah, so it's it's just an information portal. They're communities. Um, all of them have different roles. There's a traders group, so people that want to trade stuff like, "Hey guys, I want to trade um, Avalanche. What does it look? Do you think it's do you think it's a good coin to trade?" Um, then we've got just general crypto chat, so people want to chat about anything in general. Um, then we've got mining, so actual the the technology behind mining and what uh, tech is required to get. A, a really good return on your mining rigs that you've set up. Then there's even more specific mining stuff like ASIC mining. So it's, it's very specific mining uh, hardware stuff. And then we've got a buy and sell group for mining hardware. So three of the four groups uh, are, is that four? Chat, traders, mining, ASICs. Actually, that's five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just realized. So three of the five are devoted to mining. Um, and then our Telegram group just came about because uh, WhatsApp obviously only has a 257 limit cap to the group. So mm. we just fed everyone there as we got full. Um, and that's, that is mostly trading though. But it is it's just general chat and it's a community. So we've got a couple of admins that help out, answer a couple of questions here and there. And then if any question goes, you know, um, there was this big MTI scam that was around in the last 18 months. And a lot of questions came up around that. Like, hey, guys, what do you think of MTI? What do you think of this? So our, our team would just jump in and help out and answer with uh, the best of their knowledge. Wow, dude, that is a hell of a service that you're offering. 
Um, yeah, man, and, and we are. We, we're proud of that, and um, you know, it's 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 not easy because it's all about how do you monetize that and how do you remunerate the people that are actually doing the work. But it's a passion project for for all of us, really. Well, uh, that, that that brings me to a, to a question that I was going to ask you: is, um, is is cryptocurrency something that you're passionate about, or is it like just your job? Uh, that's a great question, and it is something that I am very, very passionate about. Um, so, so I am on my Twitter profile. You, you'll see I'm a progressionist. A progressionist is someone who believes that history is evolving um, to its best possible state, right? Uh, um, yeah. And so, natu- naturally, uh, I believe society will progress slowly but surely in the same slow process of evolution, although I believe technology is making it a bit faster, um, you know, we're going to get to to the best possible state of society one day down the line. Um, and I believe cryptocurrency is one of those, those means to get there. Um, I, I bought into the ideals of Satoshi Nakamoto, the guy that invented Bitcoin, um, because of the financial crisis, I mean, I was writing about the financial crisis uh, back in 2010, 2011, was really intrigued by what was going on on Wall Street, um, the Occupy Wall Street movement, and then Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper comes out, I'm blown away. Um, and, you know, it's just grown to become this worldwide movement that really is uh, powerful and and really does hold a lot of promise to bring about um, robust change in society. Uh, so yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. It's very early days still. Um, yes, we've been going. You know, cryptocurrency as an industry has been going for for twelve years now. It's still very early days, though. You know, I I think we are sort of late. What what the internet was in the late nineties is where we are now in cryptocurrency. Maybe close to two thousand. Um, but yeah, I think it's, uh, it's still early days. Wow, man. So, so actually, um, the cryptocurrency feeds into your philosophical view of the future and the way the world is heading and, and that kind of thing. Absolutely. And you're Absolutely. a progressionist, so, dude. I mean, that's, that's like, sorry for interrupting you, but that's, that's such an interesting, uh, an interesting, uh, word and philosophy. I, I mean, it's a, for me, I'm, I'm delving off of crypto for a second here, but um, I, I, read sure. a, I read a really interesting book um, recently. Um, what was it called? It was called, um, uh, I'll get there in the end. Um, but essentially what this guy was saying um, was that evolution, we make the mistake that evolution is always the best. Um, but sometimes the, the, shitty, the shitty evolutions went out. Um, whereas what you're saying is that evolution, or if you believe in evolution, um, we, we jump forward every time. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I understand, I understand the premise of that and I'd love to read that book. It was sex um, at dawn, by the way. Sorry, sex at dawn. Sex uh, at dawn. Okay. Yeah. I have, I have fascinated yeah. and I need to put it, I need to put it on my, uh, on my, on your huge uh, list of books. That on you need my read. read list. Yeah. My read list is big. So that's by, uh, Kek. Katlita Jaita and Christopher Ryan, I believe. Yes, exactly. Christopher Ryan is the one that I know more than the the other person, but yes, exactly. Okay. He's a great philosopher Um, as well. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting you. Yeah, you know, like, 
No, not at all. I think it, I think it, um, it speaks to my own philosophy as does cryptocurrency, you know? Mm, um, mm. and, um, yeah, you know, I understand that premise that, that, you know, at the end of the day, not all evolution is the best possible form. You know, like why are humans bipedal when, um, maybe eight legs would have been a little bit better, you know? Mm, mm. Um, but, uh, at the end of the day, it's the easiest route to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and often easiest wins, I guess. Uh, but at the end, but the, the, the bottom line of evolution that we see is, and, and perhaps my, uh, as a progressionist, it's more a focus on societal evolution. So societal mm-hmm. progress, mm-hmm. which is uh, not so much biological as it is sociological, which yeah. is society is getting better. Um, and you just have to look at history uh, to see that slowly but surely society has got better. Um, but it's not, it's definitely not an easy thing to, to get to that point of a free and just society. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, dude, that was awesome, man. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. So I, I love the philosophical wranglings about uh, this kind of stuff. It's so awesome. Well, d- so. dude, we, I could go all day. I love this. I love this chat as well. So um, I need to pop me some psychedelics so we can get even deeper down the rabbit hole. Yeah, man. I get some, uh, some uh, mushrooms and uh, carry this on for another day. Um, let's do it it. but um, I'm going to bring it back to work Um, so uh, in in brief you know like I'm starting to feel like that there's a kind of a a more mass um, buy into cryptocurrency and understanding what it is and that kind of thing but can you give me like a a brief rundown of like what cryptocurrency is and why it is like why do we have it okay Um, gee where do I start? So cryptocurrency is basically digital money, right? It's digital tokens that we can transfer over the internet of anything digital without it being copied, right? The whole thing, the whole, the whole battle that, that everybody had, uh, when the internet came about, everyone saw, saw digital money, PayPal saw the opportunity, um, e-cash was, and digi-cash was formed and created. And there were all these opportunities. We even had e-bucks here in South Africa. But the big problem is how do you transfer value without copying it? Because obviously, you know, you can copy a picture, you can copy a, a Word document, a PDF, multiple times to perfection, absolute perfection. Mm-hmm. You can copy a hundred a hundred megabyte JPEG image to yeah. per, to the exact copy yeah. uh, and distribute it a million times without costing you anything. So how do you distribute a token now, a digital, a purely digital token? Mm. And so cryptocurrency solved that problem um, through very unique encryption algorithms. You can now transfer value in a token. Uh, from one person to another or one organization to another or one wallet to another without worrying about that ever being copied or without um, worrying about that that token ever being lost. Um, and why do we have it? We have it because of the internet. We, we have it because we, we the internet created a global society. I mean, first of all, international travel created a global society with, with obviously um, uh, sea navigation and then obviously air travel progress that even further and we have global we have a global society where you can arbitrage cheap labor in china and get really cool sneakers in america and so you have this global society being built and created then the internet makes society even more global but now you have a problem how do you trade 
globally. Mm. And cryptocurrency solved that problem. So that's why we have it. How we have it is basically that that technological framework that I gave okay. you where it, it's encrypted tokens being transferred from one person to another. Something, thank you for that. Um, something that I've noticed uh, recently when looking at um, uh, alternative coins. So altcoin, for my listeners, and James can correct me here, altcoin is generally anything that isn't Bitcoin or maybe Ethereum, right? Yep, 100%. Okay, so um, I was speaking to a friend and I was like, listen, so you know, you're trading and like, how do you know what to, uh, what to trade for when you're looking at altcoin? And, and she said to me, look at what the coin is, um, uh, what's the problem that it's solving? Um, and I didn't realize that these coins are actually created by companies who have an agenda. They have like a, a reason for being that's not specifically but um, uh, cryptocurrency um and so i started looking at uh, at, at current uh, at companies like maybe um uh, ripple uh who created uh, yeah. xrp and yeah. you know and you know they they helping with whatever like uh, helping uh, alternative bank global, transfers global bank yeah, transfers, global and that transfers kind of yeah yeah and so yeah. that was their solution so um i suppose the question that i wanted to ask was like why why are coins created? You know, okay, we have a Bitcoin and we have Ethereum, but why do we have why do we have so many coins? Well, um, I think it's a gold rush, in the same way that the you know the the um, west coast of America had an influx of miners um, and families moving out to the west to try and capitalize on the on the gold reef same same here in south africa the vidvartisrand gold reef where people uh, flocked in and and so we had a gold rush which was built around satoshi nakamoto open sourcing his design right so he invents cryptocurrency he finally comes up with the solution of preventing um uh, copyable tokens, right? He he's able to fix that problem, but then he open sources the technology, right? Which is why his 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 ideology is is so attractive to someone like me. Like this is not a guy who's out to make money. I mean, he's got uh, last check. Look, I know he's got nine hundred eighty thousand Bitcoin Ooh, right now. I mean, if you had to do if you had to do the math on how much nine hundred eighty thousand Bitcoin is, he is something like in the top 50 richest people in the world, he hasn't touched those Bitcoin. So on top of the fact that he open sourced his stuff, he hasn't done it for any monetary gain. This is a guy, a group, whoever, that really wanted to change the world. But the problem that he created was by open sourcing his technology, everyone can copy it, right? So anyone can take that technology and recreate recreate it based on his design um, and, and no one's going to sue them for that. So now you have a gold rush of people going, well, I'm going to create a coin as well. Well, I think Bitcoin uh, is, is poorly designed. It's too slow. It's, it's too heavy on power. I'm going to create this. I'm going to create that. Then you had Ethereum. Ethereum comes along. They did the same thing, same ideals. They open sourced their technology. So then guys are like, cool, now we can design applications 
on this technology and they think, well, Ethereum's not good enough, so I'm going to build my own. And, and then all these people come in with all these different ideologies and different mindsets and they're like, well, I'm going to do it to create money. I mean, uh, Brad Garlinghouse, the founder of Ripple, he saw an opportunity. I'm going to create a cryptocurrency that is going to solve the remittance problem. We are going to have instantaneous transfers of global monetary value between banks um, and it's going to cost nothing. And so he created a business model out of it and good for him. You know, um, I think the best idea is going to be the, either the one that's the most robust which is hard because there's a lot of robust ideas out there and the best salespeople and the people that execute the best and Ripple have been doing that. Ripple have executed fantastically. They have a great sales team. They are in there with the biggest banks and the biggest financial uh, organizations. Um, And then you have thousands of others who are all trying to solve all these problems or trying to make money, use this mm-hmm. technology to make money themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure if that answers your question as to why there are so many, but the root of it is because the technology is open sourced and anyone can create it. Wow, man, that's fascinating. So, I mean, you you briefly touched on, on uh, Evax earlier, um, which of course was almost directly linked to fiat currency, right? I mean, it's what, 10 to one or something. Um, yeah. But theoretically, FNB could actually create a currency out of that. Theoretically, was that too wild could, a question? Actually, no, not at all. Theoretically, they could. I mean, they did. They created a currency with eBucks, but uh, you, you know, it wasn't as accessible. You couldn't transfer your eBucks to somebody else. Mm. You know, you could only go and shop with your specific eBucks card. You couldn't use your your phone. Um, and then you could only shop at outlets that accepted eBucks. Um, and then, of course, it oh, wow. is. So it is um, literally an, it is literally a cryptocurrency there. I, I mean, obviously, it's not listed or anything, and you can't trade it. But like, if it's being used as an alternative currency to fiat, that is, and it's accepted by brokers or you know, other vendors. That's uh, just one step away. It is. It is. Um, the only difference is it's it's entirely controlled and governed by FMB. So oh, at any point, okay. at any point, they could shut the system down. You're at their mercy, right? Okay. Um, okay. And and they are, and why it's, uh, and then there's a lot of costs involved to keeping that system and that network up and running, right? That there's a whole bunch of development costs that goes into making sure everybody's wallets work and the ledgers are kept, are kept um, up to date mm-hmm. and reconciled correctly. Um, and then the, you know, there's the server costs of hosting everybody's wallets. Um, and there's a whole bunch of costs that go into that. And FMB is funding that, Right, mm-hmm. so there's a whole bunch of fees involved. They can only give out so many e-bucks, but in essence, it, it, it's the same premise. It's not necessarily built on the same technology as cryptocurrency because the encryption algorithms will be a little bit different um, and use a little bit different processes. But what I can tell you is um, that one of the founders of e-bucks actually now is full time in the cryptocurrency industry. Wow! Um, wow! And he is working. He's working at uh, a Bitcoin Cash uh, startup here in South Africa called Centbee. His name's Angus Brown, um, and he he was one of the um, he was actually the CEO of eBucks.com back in the two thousands. Oh wow! Hey, you want to, well, I mean, I suppose people who are intelligent in that space and you know they 
you know, translating that kind of uh, knowledge really well into the cryptocurrency space. Um, I, I wanted to know, so I've, I've delved into, uh, into cryptocurrency myself and, um, you know, doing my art, in, art investment here and there. Um, so my initial, um, step in was with Luno. Um, so Luno, uh, what, what would be the term that they would be called? Are they a currency broker? What's their, what's kind of their business role? So- so officially, officially they're called an exchange and a wallet provider. Exchange so they okay. they offer a custodial service where they are they've created a, a cryptocurrency wallet for users to hold and store their cryptocurrency and receive cryptocurrency and send cryptocurrency. So okay. that's the first application. So uh-huh. your wallet is basically where you take your money out and you put your money in and you store your money. Um, and then the other side of that is an exchange. So you need a place to actually buy and sell the cryptocurrency with your RANs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they offer that dual service, which is a wallet and the exchange of, um, of the cryptocurrency. Does, does Global Crypto TV um, do anything like that? No, we haven't because the amount of I'm, I'm sure uh, dev work that would go into that would just be monumental. So with a, okay. you know, yeah, it's, and it's not a passion of mine. You know, like I, I, mm. if I had, if I was passionate about it, I might have gone, you know, sought some funding to try and make it happen. But, you know, Luno were doing a great job. Altcoin Trader have done a great job providing that service. You've got Valor now that are really doing well. Um, and there's there's so many providers. And for me, it's a crowded space and I'm not passionate enough about it to, mm. to, uh, to get involved. Um. I wanted to know when looking at these platforms, okay, so I haven't seen altcoin or Valor's offering or uh, I've seen some of Binance's offering, but I noticed with Luno, there are kind of very few coins that uh, we're allowed to, to trade with. What, what is the case? Why does that happen in South Africa, especially? Well, that uh, just comes down to the, the management team's decision, you know. Um, oh, so it's I not, think... it's not necessarily South African legislation so much as Luno's, a uh, decision to only host a certain number of coins. Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, in the, in the same way, I don't have the drive to start my own wallet, um, which I mean, in all honesty, from a business decision, it wouldn't be bad. I'm sitting on, you know, 3000 users where I could go to them and say, Hey guys, we're creating our own wallet and our own exchange. Um, and I'd probably, I'd have a great base to start off. I just don't have the passion or the taste or the ambition for it. And the same goes, the same goes for the Luno execs. They're like, you know what? We're happy with our offering. We want to perfect our Bitcoin XRP ETH offering. That's mm. all we're going to focus on and we're going to do it well. Wow. Wow. I didn't realize, I really thought that there were some sort of limitations on us uh, trading and like it, it, that it was illegal or something. I didn't realize. No, so it's, it's an, yeah, it's, and it is, uh, you know, you do have to report, these exchanges do have to report to the South African Reserve Bank, but the Reserve Bank are very, they are open to it as long mm-hmm. as, 
you play by the rules um, and those rules are basically don't scam people. Um, mm-hmm. And you can, you know, if, if, if at any time the reserve bank comes knocking on your door and says, listen, show us your books, right? Like you, you say you're an exchange, you've received 1 billion rands worth of money. Have you given your users 1 billion rands worth of cryptocurrency? You know, it's really mm-hmm. that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as, as long as your books are clear and you're not scamming people, it's, it's a free for all. It's a free market at the moment. Well, uh, with a couple of, uh, um, you know, caveats like FMB won't, FMB and ABSA will not give you a bank account if you're a cryptocurrency company, but then Standard Bank will, um, Capitec will, uh, who are some of the others? I mean, I guess ABSA and FMB, if you're, if you know, a Ned Bank will is another one. Um, but Altcoin Trader, for instance, they, they offer the buying and selling in RANDs of over 10 different cryptocurrencies. Um, and the, the, the only limitation in South Africa is what's called liquidity. In other words, um, how much uh, willingness there is in the South African market to buy and sell these cryptocurrencies with their RANDs. Mm. If there's not enough, if there's not a big enough market, there's no point. And so that's a big thing for Luno. They're going to say, listen, we could offer... Polkadot, for instance, but there's not enough people willing to buy Polkadot with their South African rands, so it's not mm. worth us putting the effort in. Wow. Um, and so that's, you know, anyone could say, well, we're going to offer all of the coins, buy it with your South African rands, but then, you know, there's not a big enough market demand, so it's really not worth it. Oh, man, that's so interesting. I, I, I mean, I mean, I suppose that's why I contact you to speak to you so I can learn all these things, but I really, like, I had no idea that that was, uh, that was the case. Um, yeah, absolutely. the The industry is is huge in South Africa, um, and uh, it's yeah, it's once you fall down this rabbit hole, it can go very, very far. I've noticed. Um, <laughs> um, so I wanted to know. I, I'm seeing more and more uh, companies accepting um, cryptocurrencies as legal tender. Um, I I mean, the big irony that I saw the other day was that the the South African Coin Exchange. Um, have now started accepting uh, cryptocurrency as um, as tender. I think I think it was only Bitcoin. I'm not really sure. Um, I think you're I was, right. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh my god, wow! Like you can buy real coins with essentially like digital currency. I, I, it blew my mind, and so I was starting to think about that, and I think more more and more. So you know, suddenly. Uh, Pick and Pay accepts it, and then uh, Woolworths accepts it, and then Discovery Health accepts it. You know, like wh- how does what does that mean for fiat currency? And for uh, the listener who doesn't know what fiat currency, fiat currency is essentially the currency of the land that you live in. Um, Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, does that will that have an impact on them on the fiat currency? Um, you mean if more and more companies well, just, accept cryptocurrencies i'm just wondering how it translates so so you know say say my say have you heard starts to pay me in like bitcoin and they're not actually giving me rands they're giving me bitcoin and the woolworths and the pick and pay all start accepting bitcoin i'm like cool i'm gonna start paying with, with bitcoin that sounds like really challenging for government because it's i mean i suppose they will still be getting their their tax they'll tax that bitcoin as well um, but it just seems like already almost like fiat currency will start disappearing and we'll only start using cryptocurrencies. 
Um, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So um, that, that, that's a loaded question because oh, you, you're a, you're a hundred percent right. You you are analysing this perfectly well. What you're seeing is, wait a second. If more companies accept cryptocurrency, this is a threat. It's an existential threat to fiat currencies, right? right. Um, because eventually, people are going to be like, why? why should I pay with Rand when I can pay with my cryptocurrency? You know, um, you know, I, I can go and get my gold from Scoin shop. I can now buy a Ferrari. I can buy a car with, with Bitcoin in South Africa. Why should I use Rands anymore? And absolutely, that is an existential threat to fiat currencies. And you are right because the, the, the whole premise, well, there's many premises, but the, the, a big premise of cryptocurrency was to take back ownership of our value and our money, right? So, governments control the inflation rate of each nation, right? So, the South African Reserve Bank controls the inflation rate of the South African rand, and inflation is good and important. It helps keep prices fairly stable, apparently, in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. Um, but they essentially have the control of the value of your earning of the rands that you earn and the US dollars that you earn right whereas if if we call ourselves capitalists who believe in the free market surely the market should determine the value of the currency that we hold right and you know we don't want to get well i don't want to get into a huge economic um, discussion around the, the the various economic ideologies um, of capitalism versus socialism versus Keynesian <laughs> economics, et cetera, et cetera. But, but you are 100% right because if the governments realize, hang on a second, um, these currencies are being used more than the South African rand. It means we can't control the value of the rand as much as we could anymore. It means we can't tax as much because, um, you know, all of a sudden they need to set up new infrastructure to monitor Mm. the various bank accounts or or rather the the various cryptocurrency accounts, because at the moment we all have a South African bank account that the South African Reserve Bank and SARS has a right to go to and say, we need this person's bank statement so we can see that they actually are paying the tax. Now, obviously at the moment, SARS, SARS don't do that to most of the population. They just trust that the population are submitting the tax returns officially. Mm. But if they did come knocking on our doors, they have the right to, to take that information. Whereas with cryptocurrency, all of a sudden trying to do that becomes a lot harder, which means taxation does become a problem. It becomes a threat to the state's funding source. So if they start, if the government start to see, wow, hang on a second, this is a very serious threat to our funding source, which is taxation. We need to slow down or even shut down mm. the adoption of cryptocurrency in our nation so that people continue to use the RAND. Because if they don't use the RAND, we are in trouble and our state funding is going to be reduced dramatically. Um, I saw recently where was somebody um, uh, banned cryptocurrency in some nation. Oh, it's Turkey. And that was a pretty big deal, wasn't it? Because they're a Correct. massive. 
Wow. Yeah, Tur- wow. Turkey Tur- and Turkey's uh, cryptocurrency adoption is because their uh, their fiat currency. I, th- I think it the is lira. Li- the lira. Yeah, the lira, lira. Um, is is really exposed to volatility, is losing value at an exponential rate. And so more and more people were using cryptocurrency. And so the Turkish government shut it down and said, listen, we aren't, you know, you can still own cryptocurrency. You can buy cryptocurrency, but you can't use it to buy things anymore. You can no longer buy your coffee with cryptocurrency. You can no longer buy cars. You can no longer buy, pay your rent. You you can no longer buy services and goods with cryptocurrency because it's an existential threat to our state security that we that we have implemented wow. in our state infrastructure. So that's the exact problem that we we're talking about in Living Color right there. Um, Correct. Abs- wow. Absolutely. But then you get progressive governments, you know. You get progressive governments um, who understand that this is the future and we need to tax based on a based on a way well first of all maybe we need to reduce the size of our states right so instead of a bloated state that is living off uh, 70% of of the taxable income you know maybe we need to reduce the size of our state organizations and our parastatals and privatize a lot more um so those kind of governments i believe are the future uh, um, very lean states mm. and then um, their taxation methods will be entirely uh, based on the user's um, you know at, at, at the user's discretion so hey you need to just declare declare that you earned a bitcoin last year and we trust you to pay your 15% tax on that Bitcoin to the state, right? Um, and there are progressive governments that are looking at that form of um, of, of governance. Uh, My- the Miami mayor, for instance, is one of those saying, we're going to start paying our, our state staff uh, in Bitcoin. Mm. We're going to allow you to trade and transact in Bitcoin. Um, and... That that really is going to be, um, I think, a, a battle in the future between these progressive governments who say, we believe that cryptocurrency is the future. We believe that um, a more libertarian sort of lean state is the is is the best way forward for society versus very controlling states like your China's, for instance, who say, no, 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 we, we know what's better for the people. So therefore we will remain in control and we will say what cryptocurrencies you can use and you can't use. And there's going to be a bit of, there could be a showdown in the future, what that looks like. I don't know. Um, but in the same way, you you know, you have at the moment playing out in America, you have a showdown between California and Texas. A lot of Californians are leaving California to go to Texas because the taxes are too heavy in California. Um, and so you have this, this showdown, this internal showdown between two states in America. I think we're going to see showdowns like that of governments where people are going to be like, you know what, I would rather live in a country that is a lot more progressive um, and other people will say, you know what, I would rather live in a country where the state looks after me. And uh, we're going to see, a, I think we could see global movement um, based on those ideologies. 
Wow, that's super interesting, man. Um, yeah, I mean, but, so I suppose the question from a layman would be, but surely if this information is stored in the blockchain, it would be simple for governments to see what is what the person has done and, and yep. the income that they've made? Yep. Again, you know, you're, you're looking at it um, clearly. You're, you're, it, it's, a, it's a basic logical step. Blockchain <laughs> is transparent. Um, Bitcoin is a transparent blockchain. There are ways around it. Um, you can try and hide your transactions. There are tools to try what's called mix your, your transactions. So you can mix your transactions with other people's transactions so they can no longer be traced. And then there are even more libertarian cryptocurrencies like Monero, which is entirely private. There's no way of tracing um, Monero's uh, transactions. Um, and that is that becomes even more libertarian than Bitcoin. I mean, if Bitcoin is stateless money, Monero is stateless private money. That sounds um, perfect for um, human trafficking. Well, that's um, the other side of the that's the other side of the proverbial coin, isn't it? Um, mm. You know, that's where people do step in and say, well, hang on a second. We need some form of regulation to protect the well-being of society, mm. right? Um, which I entirely understand. Um, and so you, you've got different ideologies playing out. You've got guys saying, no, we need to be entirely private and trust in in humanity, to the, the betterment of humanity to prevail. Um, and then you've got the other side saying, well, there's just too much depravity in the world. There's going to be your, your uh, human traffickers and your sexual offenders. We need to prevent them from having too much access to transactions uh, globally. Sure. I mean, it's it's an existential uh, philosophical debate uh, about money, which is incredibly interesting. Um, it really is, and and these kind of tron- uh, these kind of uh, dialogues and conversations have been going on for for years, ever since mm. cryptocurrency came out. This is mm. exactly the very the very dialogue that people have been having, you know. Um, and it's it's really interesting to see play out, and that's why I love it so much. There's just this incredible incredible uh discourse happening between the various ideologies it's a it's a beautiful thing to see i mean it, it feels like you're in you're in ancient greece where uh-huh. they're trying to figure out how democ- how democracy works you know? yeah it's, you're on the senate floor and just uh, arguing the finer points of uh, what's going to happen in the, in the future based on your decisions now exactly exactly it's an absolutely beautiful beautiful place to be and um, um it's exciting man how's your time looking james are you? I'm good. No, I'm good. Um, my children might come through um, and knock on the door and say, well, what's going on, Dad? But um, so far, so good, hey? Cool, man. I, I have like four like quick fire ones, um, but I have mm-hmm. just one more like kind of broader one if, uh, if you have some time. Um, sure, sure. I, and, and maybe the reference to your kids is, is important here. Um, so a colleague of mine was chatting with me the other day and she, she, she said she overheard some kids, like 10, 11-year-olds, um, at the table next to her discussing their cryptocurrency and what they were doing and uh, what coin they were looking at. And I just thought that that was a fascinating moment uh, to hear about when, you know, when I think about uh, investing, you know, I've always felt very uh, separate from the world of investment because it's like a broker between me and, um, and I don't really know what he's doing or what she's doing. Um, and so I, I can't really have a vested interest in how I invest, but 
Um, cryptocurrency seems to be uh, democratizing that. It democratizes your ability to do it. And also the entry point, because the entry point can you know, be one rand. I mean, it's not likely, but you can start wherever you want. Um, I mean, this really feels like a yeah. democratizing moment for investment. That's exactly it. Again, I mean, Brett, you you have understand uh, you you've understood cryptocurrency perfectly because that's the next beautiful thing about this industry is that it is um, accessible by anyone with an internet connection, um, and you can buy as little as you as you want or what's available. I mean, sure, we are limited by the exchanges, right? If Luno say, well, the minimum you can buy of Bitcoin is 10 rands worth. Mm. Uh, but another cryptocurrency exchange might be like, you know what, you can buy one rands worth of cryptocurrency. And so um, it, it has democratized it. Anyone can get in, anyone can buy, and anyone can transact. I mean, that's my favorite part about it is now those kids can transact globally. They can buy something internationally with their cryptocurrency um, and they can enter the global economy because they have access to cryptocurrency now obviously that poses a whole bunch of other questions is that right is that not a bit dangerous um and and i get all those arguments but all of it i mean i think you know i think kids you know my my son is nine i um if he if he was really incentivized and motivated to move forward with um, with transacting globally i would love to help facilitate that um and I think that's um, you know that's something that parents are going to have to be aware of in the in the coming years. You know they're, they're going to see their kids trade, invest, transact, and they're going to be getting their advice from Reddit now. You know Reddit yeah. and Twitter, they're getting their advice from other people from YouTube. They're not getting it from from Bloomberg. They're not getting it from CNN. They're not getting it from wow. Sky News. They're, they're getting it from Twitter and Reddit and as it comes, as it happens, information. Um, and again, as you say, anyone is able to trade and invest this way. Does that make it uh, op opportunistic? Uh, does this provide great opportunity? Well, it does, but yes, there's going to be a lot of downside and there's going to be a lot of hurting people as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that does, it doesn't change the fact that investing is investing and it can still be dangerous, which is why we have brokers, but... Um, you know, surely, surely, um, you know, the whole, the, the whole point is that brokers have had too much power for too long, taking yeah. too much of a cut, too much fees. Uh, and, uh, let's give the people the opportunity to, to speculate on their own. Yeah. And to actually learn and, and uh, take a vested interest in your own money, right? Like this is, this is my money and this is what I'm doing it, doing with it rather than, this is my money. I don't know if I can trust you, but I hope you do something nice with it, please. Uh, yeah, ex exactly. You know, exactly. And I mean, you know, brokers today, they will boast about giving you an 8% per annum return on your investment and then they'll blame the interest rates. They'll say it's the interest mm, rate's fault. Mm. The interest rates are so low. That's why you're not getting a good return. But And so the broker is now incentivized to sell. You know, he's selling his products. He's not, he, he's not incentivized to make you a good return. He's incentivized to sell why it's such a good investment. Mm, um, mm. And we don't need salespeople. We need... We need people who genuinely care about the financial well-being of their clients. And that is something that is very difficult to come by. Um, I was actually going to ask you about that, about the, uh, about the dangers of um, 
dangers to look out for. And um, something that uh, occurred to me the other day, I was during my, during my research, I actually saw some celebrity, a local celebrity that I, I follow, and somebody had commented in all caps, and somehow it's always in all caps, um, invest with at Johnson Makwanda. He has helped me with all my profits. What an amazing guy. Okay, so I'm going to go and check out this guy to go see what his apparent, you know, high-quality cryptocurrency investment brokerage was doing. And um, it was funny because his Instagram was a series of screenshots of conversations on WhatsApp with varieties of people all thanking him for the amazing uh, work that he had done. And I was watching and I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, this is, this guy seems legit. He's got a few things, pe people coming onto these platforms to say thank you. And I was like, cool, that seems good. And then I, I was just reading the WhatsApps just a little bit more clearly. And I saw the same grammatical error in every single one of the people that he was talking to, to him. So he was making the same grammatical error on his side that they were making the same on the other side. And I was like, wow, man, this guy's made up all this shit. He's made it all up. And, you know, like, I'm not an yeah. idiot. I'm not, like, uh, technologically uh, challenged. You know, I understand how the world works. And I still, I mean, I'm not going to give this guy money. But people will give this guy money. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. it's, it's really shocking. And, uh, I mean, what are some of the dangers that people should be looking out for out there? Well, that's, again, it's a story because... Yeah, I mean, what you need to do is, and that's what Global Crypto exists for, we exist to help people. You need to find communities where people will help you, right? Uh, um, and cool. and you, you're lucky enough to, to have an inquiring mind. A lot of people don't have that inquiring mind. Um, and that's what the... the, 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 the sort of regulators and the, the, the state, um, you know, and, and governmental organizations will say most people are just sheep and they just want to go about their daily lives to enjoy themselves and to survive. You know, a lot of people don't want an inquiring mind. A lot of people don't want to uh, do their own research. But imagine that the Protestant church uh, in the, 1600s held the same view we would never have reformed society away from the the strong church and state grip upon society right um mm -hmm. and and it took it took free thinkers to say hang on a second but we shouldn't be living this way we should be able to read on our own we should be able to educate ourselves the church shouldn't be the ones who who can read the the important scriptures right in latin and the rest of the people can't read latin at all it should mm -hmm. be for everyone mm -hmm. um but if society took that that approach of you know what actually um it's better it's actually just better that uh, the the state has the control because they they're looking out for our well-being you know where would we be today we would never have progressed to where we are today and and the Re the reformation led to the renaissance which upended uh, europe and and completely revolutionized um science the arts etc won't go down that road but the same goes for now right like yes most people are sheep most people do just want it done for them but that doesn't make it right mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and so um 
people need to actually become a bit more responsible. It's time for society to grow up a little bit. You know, we've been, we've been molly, molly coddled for so long that we've been, we, we've been comforted into this lull of, no, this is just the way life is. No, actually grow up a little bit and do your own research, find out how to invest on your own. Um, and, and, you know, there's so many nuances to this as well. As you said, how long is a piece of string? I also understand that, especially here in South Africa, a lot of the previously disadvantaged don't have the privilege of having been brought up in an environment where they are able to have an inquiring mind or they have um, the, the intellectual uh, sort of wherewithal to realize, wait a second, you know, that's not that doesn't look right. That doesn't look fair. So there's obviously, there, there, there does need to be some form of uh, assistance, whether that be state-led or private-led. Uh, there needs to be some form of assistance for many previously disadvantaged people, um, especially in the rural areas who, you know, they've only just got their first smartphone, let alone connect to the internet, let alone get cryptocurrency. So they're going to look at stuff and be like, oh my gosh, this guy is making $10,000 a month. Wow. Let me put all my life savings in there. Um, so how do you police that? Oh, man, it's, it's such a difficult argument. It really is difficult and it's tough. Um, but there are so many bad actors out there. Uh, and my that's what Global Crypto's vision was. It was let's create a community that helps these people, that, that, um, that self-regulates the industry. Rather than the top-down regulation, let's go bottom-up regulation where we self-regulate and we're the ones calling out the bad actors. Mm. I mean, I'm proud of the fact that um, – Global Crypto was one of the first companies to say MTI, Mirror Trading International, is a scam. Don't invest there. And we were, we always said up front, we were like, look, we can't say for sure, but we're 90% sure it's a scam. It looks very dodgy. We don't like the look of it. Please be careful. Until eventually, we kept ringing this bell louder and louder until eventually we were able to outright say that is a scam. Wow. Um, and so we there needs to be more organizations like this and i encourage people just find communities organizations um outlets uh newsletters media platforms where their their genuine ambition and mission is to help the the end user and to yeah. provide a service that helps the end user to make a more informed decision about their investments. So, sorry, I know that was a hell of a ramble, but I hope that that made sense. No, that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, I suppose also um, a, a, a resource that wants their end user to succeed only helps themselves succeed, right? You know, like if, if, we, if we help each other invest and become uh, more successful at investing in cryptocurrency, it will only help us all build up, build the industry ourselves and build our own wallets. I guess. Yeah, ab absolutely. Long term, absolutely. Long -term. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if if all the communities come around together and support each other and shut down the scams, it's going to make more people confident mm. in the real and authentic cryptocurrency projects. And so it does create um, a, a compounding effect where people will see more and more crypto projects succeed because uh, there is more trust uh, mm, being placed mm. in them. So this is one of the final questions I'm going to ask you. Um, I know you've, uh, you've given me a lot of your time and I appreciate it. Um, what habits should a person form 
in order to become a good trader? I think this is one of maybe the, the biggest questions I have as like a, a young trader is like, what do I do to help myself be better at this? It's mm. a great question. I love it. Now, what I find fascinating about this is, and, and this is fair because I get this, I also trade and enjoy trading. Um, but obviously, cryptocurrency wasn't created to become a trading sort of asset class. But it makes sense that it is. It's fully understandable. But what's great is cryptocurrency has caused many people to learn about trading. The principles of good investing and trading have been around long before cryptocurrency, right? Mm -hmm. And if you applied these things to any form of investments, you would be successful. Um, and so these, so, so we actually put together an article. Uh, Global Crypto has a financial analyst named Graham Tennant. He's a qualified chartered alternative investment analyst. And he, um, he does analyses with us every now and then. He's actually become so busy the last two months. He hasn't done something in a while. But besides that, he, he, um, He's helped us craft a little, we, we did a little article that is called the golden rules of trading, mm -hmm. right? And these, these rules can be applied to, to any form of investment. Uh, so that goes for cryptocurrency, that goes for Forex, it goes for stocks, you name it, right? Um, the first thing, when it comes to cryptocurrency, the first thing is you do have to recognize this is a nascent asset class, right? So... You have to be so careful with how much money you put in there because it could crash. I mean, you know, Bitcoin alone, Bitcoin is the big daddy and Bitcoin has swung wildly just in the last few weeks. You know, I mean, it was $46,000 last week. The week before that, it was $65,000. I mean, that's a $20,000 swing, um, which is 30%. That's a 30%. I mean, if you... If you put in a hundred thousand rand, you would have lost thirty thousand rand in two weeks, right? Yeah. And then yeah. what happens is psychologically, you're like, "Oh shit, this is going to collapse. I'm selling," mm -hmm. and you lose, you sell. Mm -hmm. So you've lost your thirty thousand rand because you were afraid. That's normal. That's normal market psychology. You've lost your thirty thousand rand. You and and you now the thing turns against you, goes back up, and you're going, "Oh shit, I wish I had invested. I wish I'd kept kept it." Then you get in again. Then it goes down, and this this it creates this <laughs> negative cycle. Yeah. So you have to be so careful. Uh, emotions will get the better of you. We're emotional people, um, and emotions are why. Uh, Technical analysis works, right? Uh, technical analysis is those charts you see um, on on uh, TradingView and all the other uh, trading platforms. If you see a chart um, that tells you which way the cryptocurrency or the stock could go, that's technical analysis, right? And the whole reason technical analysis works is because human beings are emotional and they all buy and sell in very similar herd mentality processes. Mm. So the first thing you have to do is be very careful with the money you're putting in there. Because if you're emotionally tied to it, you're going to make bad investment decisions. Um, then whoa, I'm going to run through. So just taking this article here, I'm going to run through just a couple of points. Uh, so cool. first thing is choose your trading strategy, right? Are you a trader? Are you an investor? Um, are you going to trade every day, once a day, twice a day? Are you going to trade once a week? Or are you investing for months at a time? So choose your strategy. Second, this is actually what I've just said, but never risk more than a small amount of trading capital. So if you are a trader more than an investor, don't risk 
more than a small amount of your trading capital per trade. Because if you put all your eggs in one trade and the trade goes against you, you're going to get burnt. Um, so another thing is that's really important to understand is what I mentioned earlier. Technical analysis trumps fundamental analysis. Um, and that means a lot of people are looking for why. Why did the stock go up? Why did the cryptocurrency go up? Is it because, you know, is Ripple going up because Brad Garlinghouse made this announcement? Or is it going up because it was just the natural psychology of the market to go up? Um, and nine times out of 10, it's the former. It's people are just trading it based on what they see on the chart and market psychology is dictating where where the price is going to go. So technical analysis, which is pure charts, it's pure price, uh, it's pure numbers. Technical analysis will more often than not uh, be more of an effective strategy than fundamental analysis because then you're trying to figure out why and fundamental analysis is more of your long-term stuff, which is why Warren Buffett reads all of his material before he makes an investment, and then he holds his investment for 10 years. If you're mm -hmm. holding your investment for two, three, five years, then by all means, read for the fundamentals. But for traders, don't stress too much about the fundamentals. Just look at the charts. What are the charts telling you? Okay. Um, so a, tra a trader is a person who actively trades within the cryptocurrency space, and an investor is a person who invests in the cryptocurrency space. Yeah, and just okay. holds. And, okay. and, and okay. they... And they aren't going to touch that investment because they believe in the long-term outcome of it, you know. Products, um, and mm. then uh, always be realistic with your with your profits, with your stop losses. You know, if you see a trade has gone against you, be realistic and just call it quits, pull the plug and get out. Um, and then also with your profits, you know, if you're a trader and your trade is up 20% in one week, rather take it out rather than be emotional and be like, oh man, it's going to keep going. Woohoo. And then it crashes against you. If you're up 20% in a week, man, that's a damn good trade. Just mm. take it out. Be realistic, mm. you know. Yeah, that's um, cool. a, a bird in hand is worth two in the bush, you know. Um, and then oh, I'm just going through some of these. When all of these criteria are met, you're going to have conviction that it's the right um, that it's the right time to take the trade. If you don't employ certain rules, you're going to justify doing the wrong thing. Um, and trading and investment to an extent is a game of psychology. So whoever has the strongest unemotional mind wins at the end of the day. It's the unemotional trader who is most successful um, in the long term. And yeah, man, I mean, those are, those are just a couple of points yeah. uh, based on that article. And I'd, I'd love to send your users and your listeners a link to that article. It, it could prove helpful. Absolutely, I think that's great, and we'd love to we'd love to show this, that to us uh, that to our listeners and readers. Um, James, uh, thank you so much for your time. Please, can you uh, punt Global Crypto TV a bit? Tell us uh, what your uh, what our listeners should be doing with you guys, and uh, and uh, how they can use Global Crypto to help them, themselves. Awesome, man! Thanks so much, Brett. Appreciate that, and thanks to the listeners, to you guys right now listening to this. Um, that was an hour of sometimes ramble and i apologize um <laughs> but thank you so much for listening and just yeah just support us globalcrypto.tv is our single 
domain, you can find everything from their YouTube channel. We're big on our YouTube channel. We've interviewed some of the biggest names in crypto. We really love that. We're proud of that. Um, and yeah, we do a market analysis at least once a month. We should be doing it once a week, but we do a market analysis once a month just to uh, give people a rundown of where the markets could go. It helps you learn technical analysis as well. It's all free. Um, on our website, globalcrypto.tv, we also have that article, which is there. You just click on tutorials. And then the first one under tutorials is the golden rules of trading. Um, sign up for our newsletter. We put out a newsletter every couple of weeks, just giving you the, the big headlines you need to understand in crypto uh, follow us on twitter um, again all from globalcrypto.tv but at uh, at globalcrypto.tv one word and then join our telegram group i think our telegram group could be one of the most valuable things out of all of this uh, unfortunately our whatsapps are full you know and and if everybody swarmed there i think we'd we'd um We'd probably hit hit limits there. I think we're like on 254 users on our traders group anyway. But um, our Telegram group has got 500 members and there's such great content being put out there daily. We have some great technical um, analysts putting out amazing charts. And again, the link is on our website, globalcrypto.tv. And uh, you can just look for the, the Telegram link. You can fill, it, fill out a form. We'll send you an email to that link. Or you can just contact me direct, man, info at globalcrypto.tv. It's really simple. I'd love to hear from you. If this has been valuable to you, I'd absolutely love to hear from, from uh, the listeners. Yes, James. We've got straight email, guys. Straight to the boss. Amazing. James, thank Boom. you so much for there your time. Thanks for all that incredible insight that you gave today. And uh, I learned so much. So thank you so much. Brett, it was such a priv uh, privilege, man. And thanks so much for the questions. Love your insight. You've got so much insight into this industry already. Um, and good luck in your journey, man. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate it. You have a super day. Awesome. You too. Cheers, Cheers dude. Bye. Bye. Well, you've reached the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to see more from in, go check out our Instagram page at thisisin underscore underscore. Have a lovely day.